0: Welcome back to another episode and a new season of Frontline Matic podcast. We have been on a bit of a break recently, but now we're ready to deliver some excellent insights, inspiration, and stories from some of the leading customer experience brands in the service industry. My name is Hassan Exerson and I am your host for this podcast, brought to you by Frontline Matic community. If you want to get the latest insights from the Frontline Magic community, make sure to sign up for regular newsletters on frontlinemagic.org. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Nicely. Ask Nicely is your number one frontline success platform with everything your frontline teams need to delight every customer, every time. Okay, so let's take a listen to the first episode of season 3 with Kirsten Richelman, who is the head of people experience at Mitre 10, New Zealand's most known store for home improvements. Kirsten has always been passionate about people, and in this episode, she will be sharing some recent work that Mitre 10 has done to improve their customer experience and bring everyone along the way. Let's jump straight into it. me Christina if you have any daily habits there. I do
1: like routine so routine is good for me in the fact that if I otherwise I, I can go off and do a whole lot of other things and may not get things done and um, probably the only thing that I do consistently though is I'm up at 5am every morning at the gym.
0: It feels like you have quite a positive energy in general towards towards business and how you run um. work on a daily basis if you reflect on that and the culture of miter 10 how do you think that kind of uh, falls through all the way to the front line
1: i think for me it's all relationship which is so silly but that's what it comes down to if you care enough about the people that you're serving then they'll care back and and i think that goes all the way through i was told 15 and a half years ago when i joined this company you're joining a family And I have to say, as cliche as it sounds, and I know family can have some negative connotations, you do feel like everyone's got your back. And so you do feel that in store. You're working for the owner, um, you're working for the person's business, and I'm the same. I'm working for their business. I do. I just think I care enough about them, which means they care enough about what I've got to say.
0: Yeah. So tell me about a bit about the relationship and how that looks like on a daily basis between you and the store's. This is a bit cool. different so, from other home improvement stores where you actually, you see them as almost like member organizations.
1: Yeah. So the, the difference is if there's an initiative at a, at, a, at a support office level or a head office level, you look at a corporate, there's, they've done some research, Yet yeah, we need to pull this in. They just push it out. And that's and some days I, I would love that. It's that kind of job done, it's out, the store's are using it, we're good. The real difference for us and the cooperatives is that you've got to sell it first. So you've got to say, hey, this is what it's about. The other thing that we're doing more and more of now, which I think has been the uh, probably the biggest clincher for us, and we didn't realize how much we used to do it until now. There's will be a language for it called co-creation. Um, <laughs> corporates have it a, a little bit different, and I look this with no disrespect in any way in terms of the different business models. But there's definitely the ability at a head office level to to come up with some with an initiative, talk with the teams on the floor, get them buy-in from the leaders, and then roll it out. The truth is, in, in the cooperative that. They don't have to do what you come up with so relationship becomes a really important part of that so and look I think once you've got that relationship with them they will let you do anything and they'll listen so before the days of um what I'd call co-creation was a word that we used <laughs> we probably did a lot of that in minor 10 more and more what we're seeing now is that it's How do you involve these owners? This is their business. They know it better than you do. How do we involve them to find out what are their pain points? What would they like to see? I've seen a massive shift from, you know, I just sit in my role in learning or even in change, going. I must have the answer of how we're going to make change easy for them. No, I don't. I've just got to facilitate that. And half of that is actually asking people what they're going through. Um, It's more about, hey, what are the team needs? Did that work? Did that not work? Trial and error. Uh, and then I think you get the trust of, oh, I have a say. What I wanted's in there. You haven't just told me what to do. You've worked with. It. And then we get better traction.
0: So to really drive those like small improvements and, and achievements, how do you coach your team or your members to do so on a daily basis?
1: When we talk about small incremental improvements, I think that's all we're actually asking stores to do. We're, you know, is a busy business at the moment. When you can't travel, the first thing people do when they're stuck in a lockdown in their house is they look around and they say, oh, I want to do something on my house. When we talk about incremental things, it's saying, hey, what did your feedback say? What's one small thing you could do? What's the 1%? Is it that you could try something completely new? Or is it that actually you've heard that customers complain every time they come in because of where the trolley's stack? Move the trolleys. Just try it. And the program that we've, we've launched recently really starts talking about those incremental changes those little one percenters that you could be doing that actually might make a huge difference in the moment and trying as much to live up to our brand promise as we can for customers
0: yeah so tell me about about this project that you've been working on for quite some while and co-created with with the store if you take us back to like where it started how did that come across that we're going to do this project and how has it gone on the along the journey
1: yeah, awesome. So, yeah, look, I think it was probably about a year ago now, just over a year ago, probably 13 or 14 months ago, um, there was a conversation. We probably need to do something in the sales space. We probably need to do something in the customer service space. Now, um, to say that I was a little bit like, oh, no, um, would be an understatement, only because in my time with my team, this would be maybe the, the third or fourth big customer program that we'd put in place. And you get, what's the next thing? How can we do anything differently? It's service to service. And I I said it earlier, Kia. Look, on the back of that, though, uh, marketing approached us because they were launching a new brand campaign. So they did a number of big insight work. And and it boiled down to that, my team's new tagline from a brand uh, perspective was going to be with you all the way. And when I first heard that, I was just in awe of it because it epitomized everything we wanted to do with customers was we will be with you all the way. And actually what I loved even more was that would work really beautifully internally. How can we be without people all the way um, to be able to deliver that epic experience? And look, truth be told, you're in a pandemic our a budget get, get looked at and it was like, well, we need to go to market, but actually we can't go to market now. We're going to have to hold off probably a good nine months before we're going to go to market with us. And actually that was a silver lining because we said that's brilliant because it gives us time to get team ready to live up to that promise. We believe we do, but not consistently. So actually we need to do something really different because we're now going to market. We've never really gone to market before and said we're good at this customer space. So need to do something different. The first thing that I think we started looking back on is the fact that We know our customers' expectations were changing. We were hearing it, right? They expected more. They wanted to connect differently with brands. We knew that Kiwis trusted, you know, people that delivered that true partnership. That's what the research told us. How can you be a partner with me? Um, And so we took a lot of the stuff internally. We obviously knew that the the launch was going to be going out um, and our teams were the ones that had to deliver it. And there were 7,000 of them across the, the business. I think the other things that were flying around our head were, well, we launched the last biggest customer program six years previous, that was successful, maybe didn't hold on, but it was successful at the time. But the biggest, I think, wake up call for us was that over that time, especially over my time, we had, although we had spoken to some stores, we tended to develop programs to stores and four stores. And so we would see stints of improvement because we did all the hard work. We created the glossy books and the here's a facilitation guide and just sit your team down and take them through us. We've done everything for you. And we saw those stints of improvement, but nothing was sustainable. Nothing sustained to say that's actually the way monitoring operates. It was support center gives us a program. We roll it out. We see the peak, then we go back to what we did before. So we knew that we needed a capability lift, but we also knew that we needed a culture shift. And so whatever we came up with had to be done with our stores. If we're going to be true to this brand promise of with you all the way, we were going to do it with them. We weren't going to do it to them and we weren't going to do it for them. So that was probably the biggest thing. We also took a few assumptions. So we believed um, at the beginning that if we developed a program that the store could own and they led, that would create the culture shift. We heard feedback that leaders in all our empathy interviews, when we spoke to teams leaders make the difference leaders make the difference when I start when I finish how I feel during my day whether I'm rewarded or recognized whatever it might be leaders were that with were that, that single point that kept coming up so we believe that if we developed a program um, that they owned and they led, then actually would get to that culture shift we also believe though that if we provided regular touch points to support those leaders that would result in a stronger uptake because they can't do it all themselves so, how do we keep supporting them to make sure that they can keep sustaining? And then we also believe that if we could provide early intervention or work with the stores that we knew had the bigger journey, because again, it was about outcome of with you all the way, how could we do, do that? So we had this stuff scrolling around um, in the background. It's fair to say also that there was other things going on in the business around the customer experience space that we believe we had to tie into one program. It gets really confusing for stores on the front line when you have got 350 people sitting in a support office all thinking that their initiative is the next best thing for you to do. And it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. So what could we do to package the stuff that we were doing in a way that there was no end, but it was incremental enough that you could, oh, I can consume that now. Oh, and that's how it fits in. I get it. Um, Because I don't have time to put all those pieces of puzzles together. So the first thing we did is we knew that we were launching Um, a new voice of customer tool. It was replacing our My 10 Cents and was true NPS that we wanted to measure. We also knew that before this had gone along, marketing had done a hell of a lot of work on customer personas, customer segments, how often they shop in your store, what's their average spend. Like they had so much rich data. They'd sent it to stores and no one had looked at it because they'd got busy. So we said, okay, let's not recreate stuff. They've got the content there. Let's bring that back to life. So the first thing that we did was we ran a CX Leadership Roadshow. So we went around the country uh, and we, we spoke with them. Now, sorry, prior to this, what we had done is that we developed something based on all that for stores with them. So we sat down um, with a number of to ask them about if they'd used it, if they hadn't, and proposed a concept that if we created a framework, which we called our Make It Epic Board, that they could then reference the other tools and they could do it to how they wanted to do it, would that kind of get traction? So what that might look like is in one store, they've got all this insight from customer, they understand the customer type that's coming in their store, along that customer journey of with you all the way, so whether they're looking at, um, doing discovery work, whether they're in-store buying, whether it's checkouts, whether it's after-sale support, what is your research telling you? What is your feedback from customers telling you? And also, what is that type of customer told you they want? And then find the moments that work for you. So in one session, it could have a store that's focusing on their checkout experience because that's not good at the moment. And in the same session, have someone focusing on their greeting experience because that's not right. And so when we tested this and validated with a few stores and we iterated as long as we went, we had this product that then we could roll out, which we went out through the the CX Leadership Roadshows, which we ran across the country. And the beautiful thing was, A, they could then use their own data so it wasn't us just doing generic, this is what customers say. It was like, here's the data you guys already have. Here's what our customer journey looks like in our store. You've already got the data, but no one looked at it. You've got all your own customer feedback. How well are you doing? Is it a smiley face? Is it a sad face? Is it a meh face? And then what are you doing about it? And so what it did is they started having leadership conversations in their stores to go, oh no, this has always been an issue. We talked about peak and end. We talked about when is the most intense moment for that customer? Is it delivery for a tradee, making sure stuff gets to site? Is it when they actually leave and they're starting to use their product at home? Is that the pinnacle moment? And then actually, what's your feedback telling you about that? So we, we started getting them to think about creating this because the outcome was still the same with you all the way. But actually, every store had their own journey because every store had different customers that wanted different things. So that was probably the biggest change that we did, was actually start getting them involved. And also when we rolled it out, it was not even something that you could pick off and run. It was more, I've got to pick this up and now I've got to actually use the insight and my knowledge and what I know about my store to take that forward. And the beautiful thing about that was that it also was about a time, so now you've got all that information, that's your focus, Now let's say, what's some experiments we could run? What's something different we could do? What's that 1% we could try in checkouts if that's your area? On the same board, could we share sales? Could we share performance metrics? How do we get, we know if a team is behind you and they understand where they add value, they will drive it hard. So it became a focal point where they could start talking about, here's the areas we need to work on team. Here's what we're going to try this week. And this is who has been our legend. So we did a massive push on recognition. Who were those people that are doing epic work in that space? Here's what the feedback is from. So when you suddenly pulled that together for them because they had the NPS tool coming in, they had all this content that they'd been sent, then the magic started happening. We had stores that really got on board and we had stores that literally just filed it back in the back corner because they're too busy. And that's the journey we have, right, is getting that consistency and uh, so forth.
0: Yes, yeah, so it tell me- I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, go. I go. <laughs> that was just gonna say. Do you have some example of of where people use that feedback and develop some improvements in the store? That was in or did an experiment as you call it. <laughs> they had a really positive. Yeah, look, we output. had a few
1: stores <laughs> try a few experiments. I'll give you an example of two that we had. One three. Sorry, one store um, realized through the feedback that there was a lot coming in around when I come into the stores are pretty overwhelming, and I need to shop across a number of departments. Um, it'd be nice to have some support. So what one store of trial was between really uh, specific times of the day where they knew these types of customers were coming in, they had almost personal shoppers that would go around with them that could walk them from department the to make sure they got what they wanted. Obviously, feedback was really important, but it was really hard to scale. Another one, which was Carpity, uh, they're not in an undercover car park, and so they just trialled for a day when it was raining to walk people to their cars with umbrellas. And the feedback they got from customers was amazing because I wasn't getting wet kind of thing. So it was that part of the journey that no one in the store had even thought about. So you've brought the stuff and you're out. No, how do we take it further? And then another one, another team were like, we need customers to come back and we want to try something new. They did a flyer out to um, uh, the local community about free key cutting and just said, if I can get free key cutting, come back in, if you bring this voucher. They just tested to see if they could do little campaigns like that, would it bring them back in? Uh, and it worked. And so it's been little things like that they've been trying, which has been really exciting. So that, that was part one, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then obviously the programme kept going. So we, when we launched um, the, the roadshow, uh, we didn't stop there. So every week, which then went to Fortnightly, we caught up with a representative from each store that wanted to. Again, we couldn't make them. That could come along and they could share stories because we were a cooperative, but we found we weren't sharing enough. Uh, so that was another big change. that The leaders started sharing with each other, what they'd been doing, what they tried, what worked, what didn't work so that everyone could grow to, grow together. So yeah, that, that was the, the, how do we get the business really close to understanding customer and really sharing what they're doing? Uh, and then the next big push that we did, which is a little bit later, uh, was around actually, how do we create content? So that was the culture shift part I talked about. Then we had the capability uplift. Uh, so a piece of work we did there, very similar uh, vein, where we went out to stores and we said, here's the natural sales process, here's the journey the customer goes on, what do we put in this? And now I've been in retail, but it was the first time and it's not about what I know, it's about the people that are dealing with these people on the floor all the time. And the, the biggest aha moment for me was, of all the training you do in sales, they talk about never... Now, if a customer, you don't, if you don't know the answer, go and find someone that does know the answer. And then hang around and listen while that person tells you, that the customer, the answer, so you can learn. Uh, and I had one of the ladies in the store going, Kirsten, that's great. But what if I can't leave where I'm standing? What if I we're so busy, I don't have time to wait around? Then what do you do? And it was that moment, I was like, man, Kirsten, you were so out of touch with what it's like on the floor. The books are saying one thing, yes actually go check out reality and so what they did which was beautiful is they created videos for us around what you what they would do so they talked about this concept of no lost sheet so they would ring the department ahead to see if someone was available that give the customer the name of the person that works in that department they would check up on the customer after they could see they gave us techniques and tips that you won't find in a textbook because they've lived it and they filmed these beautiful videos we put and that was our learning content and now we're asking for other stores if you've got some videos what you do share them it's not about what we know now we'll create the framework you give us the content which has been that 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 a process um the the whole way through
0: yeah that's yeah that's amazing what a great outcome and And you really like involve the stores in like sharing the knowledge with each other as well that's awesome
1: yeah so the only the only other different thing that we've we've done which we haven't done before um was how do we bring our external brand internal? So we've got this with you all the way. Yeah, that makes sense. But more than that, how does it feel around Mitre when you're outside of Mitre 10? Now, we are a Kiwi business. We are fun. We are, don't take ourselves too seriously. We like to have a joke. Our ads have a little bit of funny, um, you know, humor in them. But then when you got internal, our programs didn't feel like that. So another big thing that we did that kind of looped all this stuff together around with you all the way, what does that mean, is we've been working with two New Zealand and they have been playing two roles in stores uh, and they've been showcasing what it looks like and what it doesn't look like to be with your customer all the way. And the amount of feedback that we have got from stores around, oh my God, it's been, you've created a language where we can say, are you being a trev? because did you just point to that customer and tell them where to go? Did you just hide behind the bushes because you don't know the answer? Like those, they took them to the extremes, but it was all those things that happens. We get a front it and show you that we know that happens. And then it became okay to talk about it. It became okay that actually we had another character that normally fixed up all the stuff that went wrong. And we're continually filming. I think that's the biggest difference with this. This isn't one-off. We've never said it's one-off. We're creating a model that can keep going. Those boards, stores should update them. Every fortnight to every month, what's the change? What are we seeing with customers? The Make It Epic books where they can learn, there's some tips and tricks, yes, but long-term, where they scan to watch the videos, that database will grow, that content will grow, that people will be sharing what they do. So there's not just a one thing that stands still. The framework will remain as long as it's, it makes sense, but the content can change within it. And same with our Bev and Trev, who are our two comedians. Obviously, that's not their names in real life. We film with them to show what it means to be with you all the way in every aspect whether it be health and safety leadership your mindsets when you turn up for the day how do we get these two comedians to really get in touch with our team to show them what it means
0: so tell me a lot about the board that you mentioned earlier is that like a fiscal board that sits within every store and they have the different areas that they need to improve or a task that's related to customer experience like how does that look like?
1: Yes yeah, so we, we have a physical board that we created which we co-created with the stores based on here's what we think it should look like changes and I think it will iterate. so the reason we did the board is we wanted a central focal point if you're because if, our team aren't all working on the same days at the same time. So how could I turn up for my shift and know what kind of is the focus without having to find the leader find the manager So these physical boards, have a few areas. At the top, they have a blank space with just headings that say business performance. The reason for that is some of our stores feel really comfortable sharing GP percent, like sharing customer transaction numbers, average basket size, so forth. That gives them the space to write whatever they'd like to write at the top. Other stores just want to say, actually, our sales are going good. Our GP's going good. Cool, you write what you want to write, but get your team to understand how the business is performing. It's really important that they know that they're working for an organisation that's going well, and guess what, if it's not, tell them to, because that's what it's about. So some stores write just their NPS score up there. So actually we've been rated 76.6 on NPS or 83 point something. So we've seen a bit of that um, in the top, but it's up to them directly underneath that what we then did is we had retail and trade because at the moment those journeys for our customers are quite different a retail customer and a trade customer and we will evolve because i i don't want to differentiate still it should just be customers and depending on your store, and you have different but we started in that point and that's where it's at the moment we took the moments that matter so out of the customer journey of let's say 14 stages of that journey. There was like six moments that really mattered for the customers based on research. We took those moments for both retail and trade, and then we literally put a, you know, what do they customer what does the customer want with a blank space? How well are you delivering to that? What are your actions to try to improve this? And so we they literally filled it in. Our customer tells us at checkouts they want this. They, this is how well we're doing. Smiley face, sad face. They drew them in, and then here's what we're going to try. So if I turned up as a team member, I can read and understand what the feedback is in the areas that matter and what the team's trying. The other thing we had on the physical board was that we had a place for the uh, your say feedback, so they can print that off. Latest comments, they could write some nice comments on there, so people can see what the score is and how they're being. The customer's already there. that, that that's what it's about. What is customer telling us? And also the legends. So there was a beautiful space to put legends. Some stores print out photos of the people's faces that's being recognised. We sent chocolate fish with them. But so they literally, and, and there's cards. They say, like pie and not all heroes wear capes, and tumeke, and all beautiful sayings that they can write on there, hey, you've done a really good job this week. So we made recognition part of what they did in that kind of huddle um, time. And the last thing we did on the boards, which was a little bit different, was we, we didn't want people to feel like they had to go and do learning via another device. So at the moment, a lot of our learning is in a learning management system. You've got to log in to get information. Whereas if I'm new and I'm learning about customer, just show me show me what this customer looks like. So we went out and we filmed a lot of videos that showed us what our, our customer personas look like, retail and trade. And so they're all linked by QR code. So anyone at any time can just go scan it and can watch, oh, that's who our customer is. That's what they're wanting. There's also an overall video that explains the board and what sex is about. So we wanted to make it an interactive uh, display that could be wiped down. It's this is whiteboard uh, wiped down and rewritten every week. So it became that focal point.
0: Amazing. And how you mentioned that you used some recognitions by just you know having those cards on the board. Is there was there any other way? Any other ways that you show recognition when a stores or in individual?
1: Yeah. So we we um. Again, it's being that cooperative. There's not a lot we can do into the stores directly. So we provide the the format for them to do that. So we had recognition cards as a chocolate fish went in. And we started talking at our, our, um, we did the road show about, hey, let's collectively crowdsource ways that we could recognize. Because that's what our team's actually telling us is most important. And to be fair, we heard even in our empathy interviews from our team was I'd just like to be said, like, thank you, and our um, leaders to realise that I've gone above and beyond. So it's just a simple act of trying to get the stores, and, and we've still got work to do in that space. What we've done on top of that is we've ran a, ran a competition. So we've said, hey, stores, show us how you're using the boards. Show us how you're improving customer experience. We had about um, 18 of our stores, so not a huge number, but really highly engaged with that. Every week they were sending us what they were doing, um, and showcasing the good stuff, the recognition, they had the cards, some stores had created their own more awards-type things. And the winner of that would get beventry Trev, our comedians, to come and do a comedy night, which is now going to be next year, at their store. And the people, what we saw in these stores, of them focusing the feedback we had from stores saying, You've given us a central purpose now. Like we we all come together. I had one email, you know, saying, I hope you haven't been disheartened by not all the stores getting on board. What you guys are, you're driving is amazing. And that to me is we're on the right track and it's not a one, one hit wonder. So that enabled us to go, hey, you've called out, you know, Ethan from Winton and he's done an amazing job where he's filled up a spray bottle with the weed killer and so forth in it. And he's dropped it around to an elderly lady's house and shown her how to use it. Not just sold to the product literally put it in it, and like that's just like heartfelt. And it's like, okay, cool. So, we sent out prezi cards as spot prizes, and um, so we've done a bit around that movie tickets, um, uh, into stores. Uh, a lot of the stores themselves hand out coffee cards, and um, as I said, chocolate fish, or or li- just literally a, a card saying thank you, which to be fair is a lot what they want.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just that invig- individual recognition that sometimes is the most powerful one.
1: I think what's been the most exciting thing is this is all really creative and really fun and the stores, it's probably been the the stuff we've seen in the in the background. Our MPS went up across all the stores. We saw the stores that are the most highly engaged in the program, their MPS score went up even more. Like, that's that's the type of stuff that we love. And even our brand campaign, which we wanted, it was never two things. So everything we did was together. We've had an increase in brand love. So our customers are saying, your ad, when you launched it, our external thing, which was lovely in itself, and it was a beautiful ad. Actually, they're feeling that warmth when they come into stores. We're seeing more people choose us as a preferred reader. When you look at the data around if we're really reconnecting with Kiwis at the moment, we are. And so we know this is our space to play in. We are here for people. And if we can really epitomize with you all the way, um, then, then we'll get it. And I think our stores are, instead of giving them a program of, you must say this and do this, and this is the format you follow, and this is what you say first, and this is the area we're all focusing on, to, hey, here's the outcome we're all trying to achieve. Here's the, here's the data. Here's the insights. It's not what Kirsten thinks. It's not what's, Here's what the customer thinks and is saying. What are you going to do? And actually that's, you doing 1% is better than you doing zero. So yeah. uh, giving teams that freedom.
0: Yeah, and if you will summarize all the things that you have brought into to this kind of program in improving the customer experience, what would you say have been some of the kind of key, if you will say in one sentence, the key kind of success of it?
1: The, the biggest thing that I think has been successful is we haven't created something for our stores and done it to them. We've literally created a program where we are with them all the way. We've co-created with them. We've tested and validated it. Uh, we've created a, we've created freedom within framework. And that's what the membership want. They want to be able to do their thing, run their business their way. We'll just give you a framework in which we can do it so we can really drive consistency from
0: a customer point of view, no matter where you shop. Exactly yeah my last question is just do you have a quote that you live by at the end of the day
1: people won't remember what you said or did they'll remember how you made them feel and it's all about that if I can no one will remember my name or what I said to someone but I can tell you what the lady that I walked to her car she didn't get wet I helped her load something heavy into her car that feeling she got from someone actually caring that's going to stick with her far more than anything someone says so yeah how you make people feel I, I really live by that
0: that's a great way to end the, the interview it was awesome thank you so much <laughs> awesome thank you see you later see you. thank you for listening to another episode of Frontline Medic podcast with your host Axison. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or email me at suzanne at frontlinemadic.org with any feedback or thoughts that you would like to share on this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating. Frontline Magic provides you with the tools, insights, and inspirational stories you need to deliver an awesome customer experience. Sign up for free and learn more on frontlinemadic.org. And thanks for making frontline work awesome.